few songs, loving and leaving and get too stoned. Bottle and a pistol by my side, the devil's always along for the ride. We ride down to the creek by the water. I've been baptized by the preacher's daughter. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, Week four in the books before the NFL ruined everything with a 17th game. We are a quarter done already. This every year just seems like it goes faster and faster. But four weeks down should be 14 to go. But you know, NFL does their thing. Or no, should, my, my, well, it is 14 now with the bias, right? An extra game. So got a ways to go, but it, ain't, it isn't what we would like to see. But walk, how are you? And where do you want to get started on the NFL heading into week five? Yeah, four weeks down. Eagles are four now. So all is right with the world. Don't care how they got there. You know, they've been figuring shit out. But no, this was at least a I mean, this was a crazy week, but it was at least, you know, an exciting fantasy week. Um, I'm not saying that the, the games were necessarily any better. Um, I did particularly enjoy the the, the fun day Toy Story game between the Falcons and Jaguars because I didn't actually have to see a Jaguar or sorry, a Falcon play football this past week. So they should just continue to just air their games only in a animation form because that team is disgusting and Desmond Ritter sucks. But um, other than that, I'm great, John. How are you? <laughs> Been better. Still, still in the IR. <laughs> yeah. yeah, John is still DMP. This week, yeah, oh, hit, Limit, hit, I'm limited. Jonathan I'm limited this week. <laughs> yeah, limited. Okay, him and Jonathan Taylor, who also interestingly enough sustained a back injury, are just uh, DMing each other, you know, about their their plans for the upcoming week. So, does Jonathan Taylor play this week? Is there is there a world where he plays this week? I vote no. Yeah, but I don't. I don't cra- crazier things have happened. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think he plays. I think he plays for the Colts again this year because. I don't know how they're going to trade them. Um, they probably end up getting more in compensation when they just let them walk in free agency, you know, with compensatory picks. And it sounds like what teams are offering right now, because every team knows John Taylor doesn't want to be there. And then every team knows the Colts want to deal. Them. So they're, they're dealing from a position of weakness. Chris Ballard is being pantsed by all these GMs. Like we'll give you a day three pick. You I mean, and, and yeah, unless one of the, Best, you know, unless one of the contending teams loses a running back before the trade, death, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how the salary cap shit works for guys that are on IR, like it does in, you know, the NHL, for example. But if the Niners were to lose McCaffrey and they oh, had don't say that, but you know don't what I'm saying? I just pick, I went, I went top of the heap. Best, best you record. Did. Best running big back. Game yeah. I mean, you could see where that would make sense for them, but you know what Tampa, you know, Tampa's not giving up nothing for him. And Tim's like, we got Baker Mayfield. We don't need you. Huh? Problem solved. Love Baker. But yeah, so barring anything real crazy happening to a top running back on a top team, it would be hard pressed for me to find any place for him to go. Yeah, I think I, I don't know how like the whole accrued season thing works when he's on the he was on the the non football injury. That's you know that's what they made sure to designate yeah. him. So those games don't toll. 
for him because he got hurt away from the team rehabbing type thing. So he needs to accrue six games active or on their IR or whatever it is for his season to toll. So <clears throat> he's already missed four. I mean, theoretically, he could play six and then say, oh, I hurt myself and I, never play again. I, I don't <laughs> think that's out of the range of possibilities. I was talking to someone else about this earlier and said, look at the running backs who are most complaining about money right now. Right. Oh, I said this. I said that in the preseason. Yeah. But I mean, Those Jonathan were- Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and even Josh Jacobs, they're and all Eckler. Eckler is going to play though. He's, he's different. I'll, I'll put him just like Pollard is on the one year and he ain't complaining. Right. Because he's like, shit, 10 million guaranteed. All right. I'll do it. Um, but those three guys in particular, right? So the two guys that begrudgingly signed the franchise tag, and then you know a guy who's you know outwardly said he wants a new deal in Jonathan Taylor. Their teams aren't winning the Super Bowl this year, right? I mean, they're nope. They're all rebuilding, right? Yeah, you know, the Giants are terrible. You know, like sure, Saquon's the only thing that makes them viable, but why would he go out there and hurt himself, right? He's he's leaving after this year. He's got his money. He's just he'll hang around for six games, and then he's going to pick up a nagging injury. Josh Jacobs, the Raiders suck. You know, dude's out there killing himself. Like he's gonna, he's gonna call out one day and just be like, "Ah, I just felt something, something popped, right?" And then Jonathan Taylor, the the same deal. I mean, the Colts, like, sure, they're they're playing well. Anthony Richardson's playing better than the expectations. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year, and he knows he's going after the year. Why do any of those three guys play for their teams? They've made the money they're going to make off these teams. It's done. They're not signing another. None of them are re-signing with the teams they're on, right? So. What is it? Putting stuff on tape for the next team? The next team doesn't give a shit. I mean, the, the anymore. It seems like enough bridges have been burned that I would agree with you. They're not coming back, but we know the market also sucks. I mean, it, it's not. It's not crazy that any of those guys. I, I think it's unlikely, but seeing what we've seen from the running back market on free agency, mm-hmm. there might not be more money out there elsewhere anyway. You know what I mean? If the Giants, there might not be more, but if it's even close, they're going else. They'll get the fuck out of it. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's not like their home team is going to say, "Okay, we'll pay you a little bit more than your, you know, than than what you got out there." No, don't do that. They'll be like, "We'll match that deal, right?" Go ahead, yeah. go out. And, you know, they'll tell the agent, "Go out and see what's out there." You know, but let us know before you before you sign anywhere. It's like, huh, it's well, they offered us uh, it's- they offered us four million dollars a year. It's like. Good luck. Godspeed. Yeah. It's on ESPN <laughs> and they didn't even call. Nobody didn't let us match. Yeah. But it was busy. <laughs> it was, yeah. The line was busy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's a crazy world. And I think this has like fancy football implications as well. Because I promise you, two of those three guys will not be playing football during the fantasy playoffs. Promise. And potentially all three. I just think like there's a world where it's just pure business and there's, it makes no business sense. For these guys to, you know, put their health at risk at the end of the season no, where this will be their last chance ever to make any significant money playing running back in the NFL. Yeah. I, I, and, and like, you know, you mentioned Eckler just being built a little different than the other guys potentially, but he's also he, older. but and he, but he also has a little bit of a say for him. It's a little different too, because you could see a world where he hangs on into his, mid thirties, just on pass catching, right. Is is a veteran change of pace guy where, but again, yeah, the big money will be long gone for him. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, Eckler's twenty-three this year. I don't know why I thought he was even older than that. But sorry, what did I say? Twenty-three, twenty-eight this year. I thought he was, I was like, older. There's no fucking way he's twenty. Yeah. Like, hold on, what did I just say that out loud? I wish he was twenty-three. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, he his game will persist. I agree with you. Yeah. So he's playing. He's playing out this string. Like they gave him a little extra carrot, but he was a contract. Other than you know, two of these guys are franchise tags, and Jonathan Taylor just hates the Colts. Hates them, so it's going to be interesting. But yeah, let's get in to our week four review. We're going to start the way we did last week. Two reasons: one, I thought it was pretty cool, and two, John and I didn't discuss doing it any other way. So we're just going to run it back. One key <laughs> stat: John's going to break down the snaps and targets utilization, and then we're going to go through busts, breakouts, and buys, and then get out of here. So one key stat: week four. Again, when I start looking back at these Thursday night games, they seem like a lifetime ago when, when I'm when I'm doing this. And the now three and one Lions defeated the Green Bay Packers pretty handily, thirty to twenty four on Thursday night football. And I just said, efficiency be damned, volume is king. David Montgomery has sixty nine carries across the three games he's played this year. One of which he left early with an injury. He's only averaging three point eight yards per carry and has a long run of sixteen yards on the season, but has five rushing touchdowns. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. He's better than Jamal Williams. And Jamal Williams was a thing last year. This dude is going to score 20 rushing touchdowns this year. I don't disagree. And I'll chat about him a little later at some point. But you're 100% on target with that. On to the Sunday 1 o'clockers. Seeing as Eagles are selected as my favorite team, they are always the top of the list on my CBS Sports app. So Commanders 2-2 two and two at my 4-0 Eagles. All these records are after the games were completed. And I just wrote, A.J. Brown is beasting the last two weeks. They had that sideline spat that everyone was trying to make a bunch out of in week two. Since then, weeks three and four, A.J. Brown has seen 27 targets, has 18 receptions for 306 yards and two touchdowns. Dude's, dude's an absolute animal, and he made Emmanuel Forbes look all the bit of a rookie that he was on Sunday against the Commanders, even though the second touchdown they threw to him was a dumb play on second and four when they could have killed the clock and won the game and kicked a field goal. Dumb Brian Johnson, who I still have issue with, goes over the top, scores a touchdown, gives the Commanders enough time to go down the field and score the touchdown they did to even put the game into overtime. So bad play call, got away with it. A.J. Brown owners are happy because, you know, Big fantasy points. No takis. <laughs> no, stay away. Stay away. No spicy. Oh, fuck. That's my favorite. There's a chance that'll be my favorite story of the year. <laughs> Look back well, listen, the season. John, if these fights keep up, I don't know how that'll be possible. Ah, no. <laughs> Falcons two and two at two and two Jaguars in London. John, did you know the Jaguars are they're staying over there because they're playing in you again. reminded me. I remember early in the offseason hearing about it, but I had no clue. <laughs> I had no clue. Jaguars won 23 to 7. And uh I'm I'm gonna go on the Falcon side here. Bijan Robinson has averaged at least at least 5.6 yards per carry in three or four games this year and exceeded 100 rushing yards in two of those games. He also has 22 targets on the season. Please get Algier out of the game plan. This dude could break fantasy. No, no shock, but I just looking to see how effective he is. Game in and game out, right out of the gate. Dude's unbelievable. Buffalo or uh, Miami Dolphins 
20, Buffalo Bills 48. So, you know, Dolphins got a little taste of their own medicine. Uh, both teams are now three and run. Devon A-Chain is that dude. Last two weeks himself, 26 carries, 304 rushing yards, and four touchdowns rushing in the last two games. That does not include his pass game work. This, I said it before on this podcast, we're looking at CJ2K 2.0. Yeah, it's not small sample size, but the results, it'll be fun. It's fun to watch. Be interesting to see. Uh, again, I got a thing when I get to the, the usage, but you know what I was laughing about? We were talking about the, the one league we play in where you lost with a big score. Do you remember how hard I tried to trade out of that pick with A-Chain on the clock in the middle of round two and nobody was willing to pay up and I had to take them and now I'm fucking murdering people? So, Oh, I did not know that. I don't. Did I not make you an offer? Yes, on? you said you had too many of him. You had too much exposure and didn't want to pay. I was asking for a first. Oh yeah, next year. That. Okay, yeah. I mean, hindsight, right? Twenty twenty, people would give a first <laughs> gladly right now for him. But yeah, if that was the ask, that's, that's probably why it died. Uh, I need to stop with this. I have too much exposure. You know, if I believe what I see with my eyes, I should probably lean hey, into it. As someone who faded Puka Nakua in a few spots because I just had far too much of him, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Preaching there's to there's the no choir. such thing. Of, you can't have far too much of a good thing. It's just le- legitimate, literally a, a true truism. There's no truer statement. Can but I, too much you know, we're, we're going totally on a tangent here, but I, I have had that problem in the last couple years. And this, this Nakua thing and then watching it happen to you with A-Chain it has reminded me you and I are pretty good at our process. I think if there's guys we like, it's pretty stupid not to just go heavy because it's worked in the past. I mean, Galladay stinks now, but you and I both had tons of Kenny Galladay, tons of Aaron Jones. I had tons of Tyreek Hill. If if we do really like somebody it is dumb not to just put him on 13 rosters. And if he sucks, he sucks. But yeah, you'll, you'll never forget the two spots where you fucking, you know, took A.T. Perry over Pukunukua. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that'll be seared in your memory forever. And you're right, we're very like-minded <laughs> in our process. So yeah, when we land at the same spot, it, it should be just like signal flares going off. Yeah. Like, all right, I need 100% exposure to this guy if I can. Especially like mm-hmm. second round, third round type picks. You can't really control first round is where you're at, but you can you can manipulate your way in the second and third sure. rounds to get to the Puka Nakua's in the third and the Devon A chains in the second and stuff. Uh, well, and and a, I, a guy uh, I, I was going to talk about later too, and I was thinking about this, and, and we've trashed him a ton, rightfully so. But look, we both liked Kyron Williams until his combine. <laughs> like, <laughs> true. We, we didn't think he was going to be what he is so far this year, but we both Listen, liked neither the Sean McVay. But he puts up this, you know, horrific 40 time. And then you go, oh, no, 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 no. And and, and look, going going back another year, we'll say like we did with Gainwell. And we didn't like his, what, it was height, I think, that scared everybody off or was it weight or whatever. So there was another measurable. And is, is he a league winner? No. But where fantasy is now with running back, Gainwell, even with Swift's emergence, is still a plug and playable flex at worst as long as he's active so i i 
through four weeks, I think I've learned more lessons than I can remember mm. early in any season. Like you, end of the year, you look back, you go, did this, did this. But yeah, so far this year, it's like, if I, you know, one, one dog shit measurable shouldn't kill these guys for me. And the guys that I know I like, I need to just pound them and deal with it. You know, it's much easier to cut a guy. 13 gonna times if he ends him. up sucking, yeah. then yeah. Gonna fire him once after he hits. Chasing yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, 100% true. I, uh, that's that's a great point. All right, back to these games. A disgusting game. Great transition off of what we were just talking about. <laughs> the 1-3 in three Minnesota Vikings at the 0-4 Carolina Panthers. And I actually wrote, ugly game offensively, but Justin Jefferson still got there. Nine targets, six catches, 85 yards, two touchdowns. He accounted for 61% of Kirk Cousins passing yards in the game. And you heard me right. He had 85 receiving yards. This game was disgusting all around, you know, so a little bit of defense, a lot of ugly offense, a lot of disappointment um, uh, from a fantasy perspective in this game. On to another shit game. One of these teams had to win the one and three Broncos at the own four Chicago bears. Justin Fields has a monumental game and still finds a way to fumble and lose. At the end, and that's all that people are going to remember, except in fantasy where you're like, it's about time. But guy I want to talk about, Jaleel McLaughlin, who everyone's talking about now, the Youngstown State product, all of five foot seven, 187 pounds, been compared to um, Darren Sproles because of the Sean Payton comparison. And Sean Payton loves this, dude. It's clear. Jaleel McLaughlin's been getting like the first series the yeah. last two weeks, if I recall correctly, it wasn't even just this past week before Javante Williams got hurt. Now Javante Williams is injured, aggravated some hip thing that they say can be correlated to the knee injury that he had compensation. Julian McLaughlin had seven carries for 72 scoreless yards, and he caught all three of his targets for 32 yards and a touchdown. Now you got Javante Williams hurt and Samaj Piran sucks and will probably get himself hurt doing something insignificant. Jaleel McGoffin is a must-add in redraft and in dynasty, in my opinion. I, I just, you know, I, I was going through my rosters yeah, two days of yesterday, and um, th- I don't remember a year of waivers being so shitty. I, I'm a big proponent of blowing through all your fab in the first two, three weeks of the year because you're yep. going to get the most bang for your buck. I almost have a complete full balance in every league. I've picked up some junk for like two bucks, but there's just in, in all of my leagues, there's nobody there. I, mean, I don't think you and I are, we're in a bunch of dynasty leagues together. McLaughlin's been gone. Chris Brooks oh, yeah. has oh, been yeah. gone. Like, dude, it's, it's anyone I, with a pulse. Yeah. Anyone with a pulse, you know, you know, that's getting work is, is gobbled up. Yeah, in Dynasty, you're going to have to trade for him if you want. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. It's, but it's it's worse than ever. Like, there's not even... Yeah. I'll go on our lads and like, okay, who's the guy behind the guy? And in like <laughs> half my league, some, you know, w- with the exception oh, yeah. of like, the fucking Raiders, nobody wants... I don't even know what happens there. If something happens to Jacobs, Amir Abdul is, you know, the, the number yeah, two. Boys Amir as, White. Yeah. Is it? Your boys Amir White? Yeah. Is yeah. it? Yeah, uh, he's, he would be he would he would gobble up the running down work. They're not anyway. The point is waivers are atrocious. Oh, yeah. Even it's in redraft. Picked clean. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I've been kind of willing to discourse here. The Broncos 31-28 in the Bears. So a lot of points scored that one. The next game, the 
Baltimore Ravens three and one at the DTR surprisingly led two and two Browns. I should have I should have pivoted off everything once Deshaun Watson was ruled inactive. But a full disclosure in my home dynasty league, I sat Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews in favor of stupid Joe Barrow, who I won't I won't go to that well again, and Logan Thomas, who I thought was going to have a monster day against Eagles. Needless to say, I lost the week because of that singular move of just burying the Ravens because of what I thought the Browns were going to be able to do. To uh, I, I would have done the same at tight end. It was a it, great it, yeah, it's hard. I mean, Lamar Jackson or uh, Mark Andrews hadn't done anything. I was like, they're going to just triple cover this dude. Who else are they going to throw to? I mean, it was yeah. him and Zay Flowers. It was literally it. Well, Lamar Jackson got there on 19 pass attempts and nine rush attempts. Didn't do anything big. DTR kept putting him in plus situations, so they just had opportunity to score. Lamar Jackson rushed for two touchdowns and threw two touchdowns to Mark Andrews. The one note I did want to make is Melvin Gordon had four touches on the game. Of those four yep. touches, he had a 22-yard carry and a 23-yard reception. Two explosive plays against a stout defense in the Cleveland Browns on limited work. Gus Edwards hasn't been doing anything noteworthy. Justin uh, Justice Hill isn't that guy. Neither is Kenyon Drake. I think you could do worse than just kind of holding on to old Melvin Gordon, who neither of us are a fan of. But they're going to run the ball there, and he could work his way I've, into 10-plus touches. I've started him for two weeks in one league. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 28 to three Ravens uh, in this one. Moving on, the two and two Steelers head down to Houston, Texas to lose to the also two and two Houston Texans, 30 to six. Kenny Pickett gets hurt. The Steelers stink. They do nothing offensively. Somehow, Najee Harris make, found his way into 100 all purpose yards finally on the week. But the story outside of CJ Stroud, who we've already talked about, is all hail outside alpha Nico new Jack city Collins, <clears throat> who has posted these three stat lines so far this year, nine targets, seven receptions, 146 yards and a touchdown, nine targets, seven receptions, 168 yards and two touchdowns, 11 targets, six receptions, 80 yards, no touchdowns. He is beasting. He had one dud week throughout all of those. And I think that was the, the <laughs> massive tank. <Dell> week. <laughs> guess, Dude, he's guess which week a, I, I chose to start him everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, That's how this works. <laughs> But he has been a beast this year. You and I were both Nico Collins fans. Took him a while. This is that third year breakout. Used to be a thing. Used to, used to be normal when a receiver it's, broke it's, out in the third year. Isn't now it funny like, to like try yeah, to remind yourself that that's a thing? Yeah. Well, no, because now t- receivers are on a different team by their third year if they haven't hit you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're moving on. Yeah, we're we're gonna draft the next guy. We're gonna bury you. No, Nico Collins just hung on, had to crawl through the muck and mire in uh, Houston and come out on the other side. This dude's star is ascending. I would rather have Nico Collins than Tank Dell in Dynasty. Well, here's a question for you. And I think that's a kind of hot take. Do you think, I mean, he's got the better profile for sure. Mm-hmm. You wonder if, I mean, maybe he wasn't good. Maybe Tank Dell wouldn't be good on another team. We, we, we talked about this. When we had Jason. I'm talking about some of the college guys coming through. It is possible that CJ Stroud is just really good and he's elevating everybody around him, which means you, you like, you know, you were saying take Nico over tank at this point. Maybe why not both? Like that little, <laughs> the meme, you know, there, there's a chance that this is an ascending offense and, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. These guys might all actually be good and they, maybe they're not good, but maybe it's just a good 
team chemistry with Stroud leading the way. It's pretty interesting to watch. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Houston does the rest of the way. The shitty thing is not doing much for Damian Pierce, unfortunately. No, they still can't run. The, the offensive line is still trash. They're yeah. still down both their tackles, but CJ Stroud's getting it done through the air. Fun fact, Nico Collins turned 24 this past March. Get the Nathaniel fuck out Dell. Nathaniel Dell turns 24 in October later this month. Wow. They're the same age. They're the same age. I love literally. That. I love those stats. They, they're what? You know, six months apart. Seven months apart. Um, you know, so they're they're the same age. So age isn't even a differentiator uh, between the two. All right. From them on to what ended up being a pretty good game, all things being considered. The two and two Rams beat. The two and two Indianapolis Colts, twenty nine to twenty three in overtime. Puka Nakua just puked it again. Anthony Richardson's a points per touch anomaly. You mentioned Kyron Williams. I just said he's undeniable at this point in time. Twenty five carries for one hundred and three yards and two touchdowns. Secured two or three targets for another twenty nine yards. I mean. I don't know what to say anymore, John. You're right. We both did like the guy until he tested like one of the least athletic human beings ever in the NFL. But I guess it doesn't matter that he's undersized, slow, and cannot create on his own. Doesn't matter. Dude's a monster. He's obviously a top five running back this year. And he went from zero to valuable as far as a dynasty asset is concerned. On to the now three and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who headed down to New Orleans to defeat the two and two Saints 26 to nine. Mike Evans got hurt. I heard that it's not significant, but it finally allowed Chris Godwin to see double digit targets. He turned 11 targets into eight catches, 114 yards. It's been his only legitimate fantasy game on the season. Three touchdowns were thrown. They went to Kate Otten, uh, Kembrell Tompkins. And our boy Trey uh, Palmer. So if Mike Evans' injury is more significant than uh, they let on, Trey Palmer season. From that on, Tompkins too. I mean, Tompkins gets involved. I think that's his second touchdown of the year already. The it's not good again. Both those guys. Yeah, they're super. Not good for fantasy. Good for real football to have those weapons. I, I don't trust either one to plug, even if Evans is out. But definite best ball guys. And I mean, I like. You know, we both like Palmer long term, but mm-hmm. Tompkins isn't awful. Yeah. No, not awful. The funny thing is, I leaned on uh, Kate Otten last week against my Eagles, and he totally let me down. And then against <laughs> a stout defense that eliminates the tight end, of course, Kate Otten scores a touch, gets a touchdown catch against the Northern yeah. Saints. On to the worst game of the week, personally heartbreaking. Um, won't know what to do with myself. The one in three Cincinnati Bengals lose. To the now two and two Tennessee Titans, 27 to three. Joe Burrow is broken. They, I don't know what they think they're gaining by putting him out here with this calf injury. They, they, it's got them to a one and three season. I mean, that now they can't IR him, right? They, now they can't put him out for four weeks. It's just let, like, let's discuss the NFL just not holding anyone accountable for obviously lying on injury reports. They took him <laughs> off the list. He's, he's out of the sleeve. His calf is fine. I mean, it's possible, yeah. but I, the, the I don't know. Titans I haven't believed in this offense ever. Yeah. See, I, I got suckered back in. The Titans' pass defense is terrible, absolutely terrible. They're one of the best against the run. They're one of the worst against the pass, and that allowed Joe Burrow to throw for 165 yards on 30 attempts. 
I mean, it's just, it's beyond crazy. And now T Higgins has like fractured ribs. He's going to miss multiple weeks. Things are getting worse for, for this team who are spiraling after giving Joe Burrow that massive contract. They are well on their way to not making the playoffs this year, which is crazy. This year, Joe Burrow has not thrown for more than 259 yards in a game and currently has a two to two touchdown to interception ratio on the season. This was supposed to be an explosive offense where we were potentially getting two wide receiver ones and Jamar Chase and T Higgins. And then there was bell cow, Joe Mixon there. None of them are doing shit. Chase is turned into like a possession guy, like a move the chains guy. T Higgins is boomer bust. Joe Barrow's getting, or sorry, uh, Joe Mixon's getting volume, but doesn't mean shit. And Joe Barrow sucks. I haven't watched a ton of their games. The little bit I have seen. You don't want to. No, I mean, it seems like their offensive line sucks, which is something they've tried Everything to sucks. deal with and, and fix. Suck. But I mean, I think I was one of the first plays of the game. Like, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I think three guys from the secondary <laughs> rushed and got through the, and, and knocked Burrow down. And it's I, I know it was at least one of the safeties and I think a corner. They all look to be... Uh, slight fellas but i was like if they're rushing those three that means the linemen and linebackers are going back in coverage so their giant offensive linemen couldn't stop these you know relatively oh, dude, smaller guys in the backfield and I, I, I again it was one play i saw and i just it just struck me as weird because the guys just had a different build than you're used to seeing you know routinely get to the quarterback and i was like that's that's bad something something is broken here yeah, I mean, it's just utter chaos, right? It's jailbreak scenarios, right? Crazy things happen. But people know that Joe Burrow literally cannot move. They are said he's exclusively taking snaps from the shotgun so that he never has to turn his back on the defensive line. That's a problem. It's a big, big problem. And also limit your offense at the same time. So we'll see what they do uh, this week. All right, moving on. We were talking about the Raiders pretty extensively before we went live for, for non-football reasons. But the Las Vegas Raiders, one in three, head, headed back to Los Angeles to lose to the now two and two Los Angeles Chargers by a score of 24 to 17. Another just disappointing offensive day. This was like that Vikings game where you just like had like pretty high hopes for a lot of these star players. And Everyone disappointed. Devontae Adams got hurt, gutted it out, didn't have a massive game. Keenan Allen scored a touchdown in the first quarter. I don't think had a fucking catch after that. You know, just, uh, you know, uh, the running backs, who gives a shit for the Chargers? Justin Herbert didn't do anything. I know we did have Aiden O'Connell in there, you know, getting sacked relentlessly by uh, Khalil Mack. But the one bright spot is that Josh Jacobs, talking about him, of the, you know, franchise tag fame, carried this team. He had literally carried it 17 carries for 58 yards and a touchdown, but had 11 targets for eight receptions and 81 yards. This is like the Josh Jacobs. I've been like waiting for, for since he left Alabama of being a volume target player and finally saw it in this game. And he returned dividends. I love Josh Jacobs. Unfortunately, he will not be playing in a fantasy playoffs either. So that's a whole bunch of nothing from the, L.A. Coliseum, we're going to head to the star. The 1-3 New England Patriots lost to the now 3-1 and one Dallas Cowboys by a score of 38-3. to three. And the Dallas defense was, again, their best fantasy player. 
on the season, they are averaging 20 points in FFPC and NFFC scoring on the season, which is limiting the <laughs> shit out of the Tony Pollards and the CeeDee Lambs and the Jake Fergusons and even yeah. the backs of the world. No. They don't have to do anything. No. They're getting spotted 14 points every game by this defense right now because they're just they're just playing out of their minds. And it happened again this week where a 38-3 game and the most fancy relevant player was their defense. From there, we head to San Francisco, Santa Clara, I believe is actually where it is. So the one and three feisty Arizona Cardinals lost to the now 4-0 San Francisco 49ers, 35-16. to You uh, put the, the kibosh, you, you know, kiss of death on CMC at the beginning of this podcast by saying that he's going to get hurt. Um, I it, said he could. It, it, you know what's going to happen here, John. Well, he is the 101 until he retires. The, the argument is done. They're just, it's done. We always want to just like overthink things. This dude is an alien. 20 carries for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, and let's just throw it to him eight times too. Seven catches, 71 yards, and another touchdown. He could have had another touchdown on the day. Five touchdowns was in the realm of reality. We were just talking about how Dave Montgomery has five on the year, and he's barreling his way towards 20 touchdowns. CMC is insane. He's unstoppable in this offense. And that's not even saying the huge game that Brandon Ayuk had, but it also led to absolute duds by Debo Samuel and George Kittle. So it's all four of them are never going to eat at the same time. But one guy that's always at the head of the table, it's Christian McCaffrey. So he's amazing. Nothing more to say here. I took a couple shots on the chin from him this past week as well. On to the Sunday night game that was far more competitive than literally anyone thought. The three and one Chiefs go to New Jersey and beat the now one and three New York Jets 23 to 20. Patrick Mahomes looked like trash in this game, but Isaiah Pacheco runs like the ground at his feet is on fire. It's crazy how frantic this human being is. I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my entire life of watching football. Like he doesn't <laughs> want his feet to touch the ground ever. Nor does he want to stay on the ground when he gets tackled. But 20 carries, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Great game. But then he catches another three balls for 43 yards. This dude is literally turning into what every single human being, including Patrick Mahomes, wanted Clyde Edwards Hilaire to be. A in, in running downs back on a team that gets a little bit extra just in that sprinkled passing game in one of the best offenses in the league. Even in a game where they didn't look good, he looked great. Yeah, and going going back to where we started talking when we began the show, a guy I really liked lands in a spot I like, and yeah, I just got too fucking cute. There's no reason I don't have 100% ownership. I was willing to overdraft him, and I fucking, I pushed out. <laughs> and now I'm kicking myself in the ass yeah, every, yeah. every week. Listen, everyone got gun shy after the whole CEH experiment. It's like, shit, if they use the first round pick on this guy that we all drafted and didn't work out, you know, what's this day three guy going to do? Late day three guy. Was he? Was he a seventh round pick? It was six or seven. You know, um, here, you know, you, you, you play golf. This is like the, it's a perfect analogy for this. You, you, you are, are, are chipping and you blast one over the fucking green and you go, ah, then your next one, you're so scared about blasting it. You fucking just, Tap it you and it still it. stays in the grass. And yeah, you I feel like that's the thing, right? 
CEH with Jonathan Taylor in that draft. CEH first round pick goes to the Chiefs. We go Andy Reid running back. Yes, yes, yes. Forget the guy I like more. Then just what you said, he kind of falls flat. And then they get another running back. We particularly like them, but other people did. But then you're so scared about the CEH thing and how they're going to use this guy. You you let off the gas a little bit, and then this guy pops, and you missed it because you're reacting to the wrong. You're reacting to the previous information that isn't even relevant. Yeah, the yeah the situation is what we were all leaning into. I wasn't a big CEH guy going in. I thought he was pedestrian, to be honest with you. Yeah, you but, didn't like him. But he then gets first round capital. Mahomes on the phone with Veach saying, "Yeah, give me this guy." And I'm like, "Well, he's the 101." You know, like. What do we do? Yeah, you know, like this is this is that this is how you play fantasy, right? No, no, you gotta we gotta stick to our guns, John. But last game, last night's absolute debacle. The Seattle Seahawks head to MetLife Stadium to beat the living shit out of Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. 24 to 3 does not tell the story. <laughs> the New York Giants have scored a total of three points in their two home games so far this year. And the Seattle defense last night registered 11 sacks, two interceptions, two forced fumbles, and one defensive touchdown on top of only allowing three points. This might be, and it, this is it's probably not correct because of what the Dallas Cowboys have done this year. This might be the defensive fantasy football performance of the season. You, you were talking about how you took a couple – T- I mean, couple tough losses on defenses on, on Monday Night you, Football. This is another how, one. <laughs> how much are you chalking it up to the defense or just incompetent opposing quarterback play? I think you have to oh, factor that Nothing is. to the Seahawks because I don't believe they actually have a good defense at all, which just speaks volumes to how pitiful this Giants offense and, and specifically their offensive line is. Now they have to go down to South Beach to face the Miami Dolphins, who just got embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills a week earlier. So Miami is going to absolutely boat race them uh, in this game. They're going to put up no less than 40 points on the Giants in South Beach and probably have a top-five defensive performance from the Miami Dolphins. The Giants aren't fixing this in a week, and they're definitely not taking it on the road down to South Florida and figuring it out on a short and week. And they're with them coming off a bad loss, too. Yeah, oh, exactly. Miami, said, they're pissed. They're yeah. pissed. Yeah. They're going to just, they're going to, they're gutting them. The, the Dolphins are gutting the Giants. Absolutely gutting them. Okay. So that is the one key stat for the week. All right. I'll Tell us about take a quick gander here at anything uh, interesting I found with any uh, usage trends. Can I go backwards alphabetical today? Washington Commanders, you wouldn't know by looking at touches, but Antonio Gibson has seen more snaps every week of the season and Brian Robinson's have, have trickled down. It's, it's not turning into work on the field, but it might be worth keeping an eye on Robinson with this week. Gibson had a pretty good total and Robinson's ticked down. Robinson saw 16 touches to Gibson seven. So the touches aren't trending that way, but the snaps are Pittsburgh. Uh, first time this year, Harrison Warren, uh, equal. It had been Harris's backfield Warren sprinkling in, but this week it was 49-49. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that uh, when they come back from the. Oh no, they're on the bye yet. Bye next week. Um, and it was the best just, game thus far of the season for Najee Harris. Yeah, so it'll be interesting bye. to see what happens in this next game if it goes back if they reward him. But 
it, it's going to be hard to really read into it anyway, especially if Pickett misses any time because Trubisky gets in there. It might change their whole game plan. So it oh, could God, be something to keep an eye on. Might not be. Who knows? Uh, Philly, Swift and Gainwell started the year kind of 60-40 split. Uh, Gainwell over Swift. Now it's the other way, 40-60 in favor of Swift now. I, I mentioned earlier we were talking about Gainwell. Still playable. Swift has looked amazing. They've given him the work, but Gainwell's still in action. The Jets, disgusting. <laughs> Hall, <laughs> Cook, and Carter are all being used at, in the backfield. Not quite equally. Snaps on the year. Hall, 90. Cook, 75. Carter, 60. So they're all getting used just enough that none of them are playable for fantasy at this point, especially with Wilson at quarterback. It's just an offense to stay away from when you can. Uh, Kamara first game back for the Saints. It was all him out of that backfield. Don't see that changing anytime soon. One game sample doesn't mean shit, but that's probably going to stay that way. Uh, New England, Bailey Zappi got in there. Uh, Bill Belichick said after the game, I had just no reason to leave Mac Jones in there. It wasn't a benching. He just didn't think he should be playing, which is typical. I mean, McElroy Jones was part of the reason why there was no reason to leave Mac Jones in there. That That is so. that is fair. Um <laughs> Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke started the year kind of a 70-30 split. It's trended a, a little bit uh, more even the last few weeks. Now it's about 60-40. Zeke has been getting in there, even though it is not turning into a ton of fantasy points for him. Right. And I, I mentioned this to you in per, uh, private. We're picking up waivers in a, a tight end premium league. They've run a ton more three tight end. Farrell Brown has been on the field more and more each week. He had the big play uh, two weeks ago in week three. Is he going to be playable in all formats? No, but if your tight end landscape is quite picked clean on uh, waivers, you could add Farrell Brown. It, it, he ain't going to get you a zero, but he's certainly never going to win you a week. But if you need a tight end to plug in, especially like, you know, we're in that two tight end league where it's impossible to find anybody. He is usable. Uh, Akers got his first action for the Minnesota Vikings. He completely removed Ty Chandler from the equation. Madison's still <laughs> seeing 70% of the snaps. Uh, if you've been holding Ty Chandler, waiting for that to happen, that is enough of that. Um, <laughs> you were talking about Minnesota's offense and how shitty it looks passing. I'm going to start putting some of this on coaching. K.J. Osborne has outsnapped Jordan Addison every game. I, I don't get it. It makes no sense. Addison has popped in a couple on a couple of occasions. You didn't take a wide receiver that early to have him be outsnapped by KJ Osborne. It's just fucking stupid and bad coaching. That hasn't trended in a way we want to see. It, it seems like Osborne is the clear two with Addison. The three makes no sense. Ooh, Devin A. Chain time. Week one, zero snaps. Week two, 10. Week three, 41. This week, 60. Mostert went from 73, 73, 51 to 43 uh, percentage, not total, sorry. Um, Yeah, Mostert trending down, A-chain trending up. That's the way it should be. Whenever Wilson comes back, I suspect he splits the work with Mostert, not uh, take anything away from A-chain. So wheels up for him, at least a four-week sample. Kansas City, you talked about Pacheco. His snap share has increased, rightfully so. Uh, McKinnon's has stayed equal through all four weeks, and CEH is the one losing out to Pacheco as far as snaps. He was kind of more heavily involved than we thought in week one, and by week four, he wasn't involved at all. Uh, Detroit, 
it's the same thing we saw with Swift there with Gibbs. I think Monty is clearly the lead back. They have like little packages and ways they want to use Gibbs, but unless Montgomery gets hurt again, Gibbs is a very fringy, uh, you know, RB two with some upside if he breaks a big play, but they're just not using him. And what we've seen from this staff in the past, they're probably not going to, you mentioned Jaleel McLaughlin uh, for Denver Wheels up for him. He seems to be the guy. P. Ryan is in there, but not getting used. To the 10 snaps, 10 touches to P. Ryan's eight. Um, in the wide receiver room, it's been all Sutton as the wide receiver one. Judy has done nothing this year. Me and you both talked about him coming into the year. We thought he'd have a good year with Ross, assuming this offense bounced back. He's been the least productive out of Mims, Brandon Johnson, and himself. I mean, Sutton's been the one. Mims should be out there. Brandon Johnson be the three. And unless Judy works on some chemistry with Wilson, to me, he should be the wide receiver four on this team right now. Cleveland Browns, uh, <laughs> Kareem Hunt back in the fold for two weeks. It's been a 60-40 split. He's not usable at all, you'd think, with his experience with this team and what we've seen from him in the past. But he appears to be cooked. And the team, I mean, there's a reason they didn't bring him back until they absolutely had to. But uh, Hunt is only useful if Ford gets hurt. It's kind of been Ford's show since Chubb went down. <laughs> Interestingly, with the Browns wide receivers, Peoples Jones has had the most snaps. Moore, the second most. Cooper, the third most. However, targets per route run, Cooper's 20%, Moore, 19%, and uh, <laughs> Peoples Jones, only 9%. So Peoples Jones is out there constantly he never leaves the field and he only gets nine percent targets when he runs a route which is like what's the point and then cooper's out there the least of the three but he's getting 20 percent if he runs a route it just seems like if you think people's jones is good enough you should give some of the work towards him i i would think rest of the season he's a buy low candidate just based on their team usage uh with the awful chicago bears um khalil herbert has Clearly, they're number one. There was that little blip on the Raider for Rojan Johnson, and then they just kind of went away from him. And I don't know why he's looked good. I, I saw a couple good runs from him in the highlights when I was watching Red Zone. N not that Herbert stunk and he needs to be off the field, but but Johnson's good. He should get more work. But since the Bears suck, they are not going to do that. Uh, Baltimore, you mentioned Melvin Gordon and kind of his whole situation with some good plays on his limited amount of work. But Gus is the clear number one there. They're running a lot of the plays through him. And even Melvin Gordon, the last two weeks, I think he's just active on game day and then uh, practice squad throughout the week. So keep an eye on that because he bumps up and down, up and down. I think they can only do it a couple times in a year, if I'm not mistaken. So at some point, I'll have to stick on the full-time uh, active roster. Last and certainly not least, Indianapolis Colts. Some interesting stuff here with their wide receivers. Obviously, Michael Pittman is their wide receiver one. Pierce, the clear wide receiver two, 90-plus percent snap share in every game this year. Josh Downs, only 70% around there. Targets per route run. Pierce, only 9%. He's running 90%, he's 90% snap share, and he's only getting targeted at 9% of his routes, whereas Downs is getting almost 20% on his routes. Target share for the team, Pierce is 11%, running 93% routes. So if he's out there, he's running routes too, and he's only getting 11% of the targets, whereas Downs is running 81% routes, 18% target share. It's just nuts. And I, I, 
but the more I looked into it, I think it's just the way they're using him. Pierce, uh, average depth of target. Ready for this? 17.5. So they're only, they're hitting him 20 deep only. So maybe they're just using him as kind of a decoy to keep defenses honest, especially if they're trying to keep a little bit of that pressure up front off Richardson, which is fine. I, I actually, the more I looked at it, I like him more for best ball. He's going to probably do shit all year, but he'll probably have two games where he catches a 90 yarder for a score. Um, but yeah, depth of target for downs by comparison is <laughs> 6.6. So he, he's definitely getting used way much further down the field. And that shows up in his catchable targets, only 56%. So Richardson isn't even getting him catchable balls when he's firing these things down the field to him. But interesting to just see the usage, especially since he is not coming off the field. But I suspect, and I'd like to watch a little more Colts games now to see it. But yeah, it just seems like they're using him to clear out the safeties and get some people uh, (laughs) out of the box so Richardson and Moss can run free. But those are the trends for this week. All right. First and foremost, did and I, I must have heard wrong. Did do you know the contract that uh Kareem Hunt agreed to to come back to the Cleveland Browns? I thought it was a two-year thing, and I, I don't think it was a ton of money. All right. I heard it was a one-year thing, and I, I swear I heard something up to four million dollars was I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Well, it's not. It's a one-year, one point three five million dollar deal. No incentives. He has 750,000 of it guaranteed with a 15,000 per game active bonus. So minimal investment for this guy. Um, and, uh, and there's no up to, there's, there's no incentives. You know, it's either you're, you're on the roster and you're getting paid or you're off the roster and all you get is that 725. Um, and he's 700. I just can't even pay them $700,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? That he, yeah, he's, he's accepting this, you know, and he's, he's going to play for like five weeks. This team is either going to get hurt or they're going to release him as a result because he's done. He went to multiple workouts for teams that needed running backs and no one was willing to give him a million dollars. I mean, that tells us everything we need to know. Dude's cooked. Leonard Fournette's not even getting a sniff. You know, these old running backs are, they're, they're, they're done for. Fournette thing's crazy to me. There's no reason he's not on a roster. And Melvin Gordon is. He's better than Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I just think Melvin Gordon just seems like coaches like him. I feel, I feel like <laughs> I think there's an angle there. Like you just look. People want to keep as him much around. as we do not care for his football play. I I've met him. He is a super nice guy. So maybe yeah, right of summer. course he is. There you go. Makes him a couple more mil over his career. Be nice to people. Um, and then the other thing you you said I think you took a veiled shot at Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson. Khalil Herbert is better than Roshan Johnson. No, I, I like Khalil, every, but okay. I, mean, I just but like, we like Roshan Johnson too, but it it doesn't I, make sure, any I sense. I didn't like where. Yeah, I didn't like where he went. Honestly, if I like, why'd you bring in you know, Dante Foreman? Like, I get it. You want to get young, but they had m- many more holes than to use that pick on Roshan, in my humble opinion, especially when I think Cleo Herbert is actually a starting NFL running back. So it's, well, look it, it, at- it's like, who's your best, who's your favorite kid type thing with, with these two. Sure. But I'm always going to err on the side of, of Cleo Herbert because when given opportunity, he is produced 100% of the time. Well, look at all the stupid teams that have a fucking – a usable fantasy committee, right? We don't want to see it, but there's plenty of teams that have two guys and you go, well, I could do worse than, I mean, look at Hunt and Chubb for the last couple of years together. Even when they're both healthy, you're like, well, so-and-so want to buy. Hunt's a, Hunt's a fine PPR flex. There, there's no reason the Bears can't get them both involved. 
No, this is true. Yeah, and this is doing NFL. But a lot of interesting uh, snap breakdowns, nonetheless. All right, John, let's run through some breakouts, busts, and buys and get out of here. So I'm going to jump into my breakouts at first. And I want to give credit to Sam Howell at first. I I didn't think he was going to have a week this week against Eagles. I thought our pass rush was going to just destroy him. Um, I'm not enamored with our secondary. I do believe that it's gettable right now. Um, I've started various fantasy options against my Eagles secondary. But Sam Howell's poise was was undeniable. 290 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, another 40 yards rushing on six attempts. Now he, he, after a terrible week, the week before I'm impressed, this kid bounced right back and actually had a quality start. He had this team in the game throughout, um, against a division, uh, rival in the Philadelphia Eagles. So super impressed with Sam Howell's performance. The aforementioned Khalil Herbert, 18 carries, 103 yards, no touchdowns, four receptions, 19 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, I'm enamored with this kid. I really am. I I I love Khalil Herbert. Michael Wilson, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Imagine, Seven imagine, imagine Herbert yeah. on a good team. Oh, uh, he will be eventually. It won't be the Bears. but And you know what? He probably won't be because he was NFL old when he came into the league, if I remember correctly. I think he was a redshirt senior. Um, so he's probably already like 26 years old. So it, that'll, it'll never happen, uh, unfortunately. Michael Wilson. Seven targets, seven receptions, 76 yards, two touchdowns. The only big body on that entire Arizona Cardinals wide receiver room, he's already taken wide receiver two snaps over Rondell Moore, and now he's starting to get volume. Josh Dobbs has also been super impressive uh, thus far for this team. What's going on there? Right, I have absolutely no clue. I feel like everyone treated them like I treated them in the preseason and said they're not going to win a game. They won't be competitive. Like We don't even have the game plan for these guys. And they're gaming it out. You know, they're competing their asses off. I still think they're doing the right thing and losing these close games. Not that this week was close, but they're developing talent. I have to say, thus far, I have been wrong about this coaching well, we staff. Thought, what they're doing. I mean, we, we had them for no wins. And we were like, a, this this fucking coach, maybe he's going to get two years. They, they show some life. They seem well coached. Yeah, I kind of, for four weeks, anything could change. But my... My image of the next four years in Arizona is much more favorable than it was four weeks ago. Oh, great. I'm still not a Jonathan Gannon fan. I'm not, nor will I ever be, but it's working. It's working out in the desert. And then lastly, someone near and dear to my heart, Janu Smith, the clear tight end one in Atlanta. (laughs) Six targets, six receptions, 95 yards. He is outproducing Kyle Pitts in this Arthur Smith offense. And I believe that is due to the fact that Kyle Pitts is not actually a tight end. And Art Smith does not use him. Johnny Smith's a tight end. He blocks. He can run routes. You know, he can H back, split out of the backfield. Like Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. That's it's just the I mean, reality. He needs he needs to get out of Atlanta, someone that can just use him more creatively. Because I mean, why wouldn't he what just Art Smith wants is a Johnny Smith type? Correct. It, That's what he wants. Literally, literally, a John o. Smith, the John yeah. o. Smith type. You yes. wonder why they don't Jono. like the pits should be used exactly like the Saints used Jimmy Graham, right? Like, he, how about he how the Saints used, used Marcus Colston? How about that? Or, or that he should be that? outside so much that when it's time for contract arbitration. He should be arguing that he should be franchised with the fucking wide receivers, just like, you know, Jimmy Graham did. 
if it's that's the only reason they're not doing it, uh, then you know all is lost, right? If all they're doing is trying to save some money potentially, <laughs> their negotiations. I mean, yeah. Look, that whole thing's a dumpster fire from top to bottom. It is. I, I'm just, yeah. Uh, it's it, it's over in Atlanta. I'm, I'm just, I'm calling it. It's over. He's not going to happen. His best season was his rookie year. Done. I mean, it, 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 it might happen to the choir. The dude is still super duper while. talented. A mismatch nightmare. <laughs> 31 other teams would love to have him and scheme for him. Unfortunately, the team that has him does not want to do that. I mean, they're the anomaly. So those are my breakouts. Or, breakouts Johnny? or maybe he's just not good and it's not going to happen, period. I mean, that is possible. That's, See, we, we have plus every think, year. I've seen enough of him. I think he's good. I think he's really good. I think he's special. See, I go the opposite. I mean, I, I put it on coaching, but I, I'm beginning to think he's just okay. He'll be in the league for 10 years, and he's just a serviceable middle middle of the pack guy. Anyway, okay. All right. Well, Breakouts for me. Yeah, yeah. Some of these names I'm sure we've discussed before. Uh, Jordan Love. Uh, part of it just goes with my, you know, years of being a Bears fan growing up, watching the misery uh, ensue there. I, it just plays into that narrative. The Bears thought Field's going to take the next step and be Jalen Hurts. Instead, he fucking stinks. The whole team falls apart. And, oh, no, the Packers have a guy that's going to start for another 15 years. I just – I felt it in my bones since this uh, – since they drafted him. I was like, it's just going to go that way. It, early reports are good. They have great weapons around him. I really like all their wide receivers, even going down to, like, shit, going to wide receiver five. What's it? Samare Toure. I like that guy, too. So – we obviously like Aaron Jones, but when he ages out, there's plenty of running backs out there that can obviously plug and play in the NFL nowadays. We love Musgrave. I mean, wheels up. There's no reason for him not to succeed unless he just sucks. And he's played good enough so far in his first year as a full-time starter. I don't think he sucks. Even if he's middle of the pack, he ain't going anywhere for a while. Um, running back, yep. we, we talked about him already. Kyron Williams, RB4, a lot of it's volume-based. It's a guy that a lot of us liked coming out, and like we said earlier, it was just because of testing. Now that he's getting the work, he was a good football player at a big program playing against NFL-caliber defenses. I, I think he's good. He's on my uh, breakout list. I think he's for real. Uh, sticking with the Packers thing, we liked Romeo Dubs more than Watson a year ago. I, I still like Dubs. I think he's pretty good. He's got good chemistry with Love. So, obviously, I think Love takes the next step. It's going to need a wide receiver to go with him, and I think it's going to be Dubs, even though I, I love Reed, too. Watson's my least favorite of their top four receivers, to be honest. And tight end. I I was shocked when I because I was looking at some stats earlier. I was like, man, Denver, or I'm sorry, Dallas's offense hasn't really done much. And people had high expectations for this guy and this guy. I was like, oh, and Jake Ferguson, Schultz left, and this guy did nothing. Oh, he's tight end eight? <laughs> How the fuck is he tight end eight? But I, I mean, the role was there, right? If he steps into the vacated Schultz role, Schultz had been a year in, year out tight end one in that offense. Ferguson's going to be that guy and he's doing it with no fanfare. So he's somebody that I would have as a, as a trade target. I, I think he's as long as the offense is for the most part, the same pieces in place. I think Ferguson's going to just hum haw. I'm, I'm tight end nine every year, tight end 10. 
Nobody talks about me, but I'm going to hang out here every year, which those guys are great because you could get them cheap and you put them in and don't have to think about it. Similar to the way you use Schultz for the last four years in this team. So those are my couple guys, one at each position. I like it. I like it. Yeah. No, no arguments here. Now onto our bus, uh, a little less rationale. Joe Barrow already shredded him several times over, but he's a must sit until further notice. Um, and this week, they play the Cardinals. The Cardinals are only a three-point home dog versus the Bengals this week. That tells me everything I need to know. I think the Cardinals might meet the, beat the Bengals this week in Phoenix or wherever the hell they're at, Glendale. Um, Raheem Mostert, what a difference a week makes. Seven carries for nine scoreless yards. Did have five targets, caught two balls for 36 yards, but also lost two fumbles. He is losing ground quickly, and that is easy to do with Devon A-Chain. Next, Quentin Johnson. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, he had three targets, caught one ball for 18 yards. Um, haven't looked at the snap totals, but I watched a good part of that game and his TCU teammate, rookie Darius Davis was on the field more than he was. Um, so don't really know what to make of this Quentin Johnson. This was supposed to be his game, right? Michael, Mike Williams is out. Enter Quentin Johnson. Nope. Didn't happen. Eh, Lastly, I, thought, I mentioned I, it when I talking about Palmer was going to get out there way more. Oh, I, listen, I, you and I were both on Palmer over Johnson, but I'm talking three wide sets. He should be on the field, right? Quentin Johnson, mm. right? Him and Palmer on the outside. Yeah, Keenan Allen in the middle. No, I guess you well, they know, were they, putting what's his name in the backfield too. He was getting carries. <laughs> yeah, they want to put some speed on the field, obviously, with, with with Davis. Lastly, is George Kittle. He had one target. He caught it for nine yards. It's Kittle. Oh, he could win you a week, but he can just as easily lose you a week. And he has had more duds than stud games so far this year. And those are my busts. Uh, not not a secret to anyone out there. Desmond Ritter has been a giant disappointment. Um, I, I thought I, I didn't think he was going to be an amazing passer, but with his athletic profile, I thought he'd get you a little bit more with his legs. Uh, here's his game log: one rush, negative one, ten carries for thirty nine and a touchdown. You go, okay, we're trending up. Two carries for three yards, one carry for six yards. I mean. You know, there's there's plenty of guys who suck in real life, but do enough on the ground, especially a quarterback for fantasy purposes. And he just hasn't done it. I thought he'd be way more athletic, even if his passing didn't come along. So did I think it was going to be a QB one? No. Did I think he'd be number 27 and outside a QB two range? Uh, no, I thought he would, you know, just rush enough to, you know, get, you know, five carries, get you 50 yards a week. And at least it's five points, but he is fucking garbage with, with his wheels and with his arm uh, running back. I mentioned it earlier. I, I'm out on Gibbs. I, I don't have him anywhere. I didn't like him due to that, you know, coming in at 199 and people go, ah, what's a pound? But for whatever reason, that 200 pound threshold was a way to measure this. I, I'm not there. I just don't think the usage is going to be there. Can he pop on any given week for a big play? Yes. But to me, I am fading him and another guy, Dalvin Cook. Currently, RB58. I mean, this whole offense fell apart once Aaron Rodgers went down after four snaps. So it's not surprising. I don't know what people had in mind expectation-wise coming into the year. Maybe they'd get, you know, big leads. They'd use him heavy early in the year to save Brees Hall for the playoffs, and he'd go in there to cement some of these games at the end. But terrible return on investment. Not that he was expensive to acquire, but been a giant disappointment. Uh, Wide receiver. 
you were talking about Howell and you know, I've watched, seen enough Washington to see like a couple good plays. Um, they've had the one bad week where Howell really sucked it up, but they've, they've been serviceable. Jahan Dotson is wide receiver 62, which blew my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't even believe he was that low. Just seemed like with that offense, he would, and with the injury to McLaurin too, you'd think this guy would be kind of the beneficiary of all that. And that just hasn't been the case. Um, I mentioned Judy. He's 67. I'm out on him. He's a fucking bust dud team killer at this point, but is what it is. And then at tight end, kind of two guys, Dallas Goddard. What's happening there? Tight end 29. It's all going to the wide receivers, which again, good, good. If you're uh doesn't matter if you've got hurts. Great. If you've got AJ Brown or, or the slim reaper, but Goddard, is not putting up the numbers we've seen in the past. And to pivot opposite of uh, the guy I said I liked earlier, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz. I mean, same thing. C.J. Stroud is just really peppering those receivers. Tank Dallin and Nico Collins are both having great starts of the year. Those seem to be his favorite targets. Robert Woods isn't leaving the field, even though he hasn't really had a giant fantasy game yet. But Schultz is just kind of overlooked. I think the pass he caught this week for a touchdown wasn't even thrown by Stroud. I think one of them was... uh, Somebody else threw it, if I'm not even mistaken. So not getting involved as much as you want, especially with the narrative of these rookie QBs targeting their um, tight ends. So kind of a disappointment. Still usable low-end tight end, too, if you're in a two-tight end league or with the bye weeks coming up, I, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, not not what I was expecting coming of the year. I thought he'd still be in that fringe low-end tight end one, high-end tight end two. And that's what I got. He, for my he should have been. Honestly, rookie quarterback, 10 mil guaranteed. Yeah. Like he should have been. Um, but and he might not yeah. even be there, right? Signed a one year deal. It's one year deal. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's good. He's, he's not term. in the plans. Yeah, he's not in the plans. I did want to defend Jameer Gibbs because you know I'm a fan, but then you'd mentioned Dalvin Cook and it struck me as far more interesting. So we already talked about the Kareem Hunt contract. So Dalvin Cook signed a one year up to seven million dollar contract with five point Eight million guaranteed for the Jets. That's bonkers that they Me. allowed him to wait them out. I guess to you know bring in depth on a team where like, there was no market for him out there. Seven, no, that's we're going to the Super Bowl money. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, they're not. Clearly, and and Rodgers wanted them there. I mean, and I think Michael Carter's playing more because Dalvin Cook's done. Not only because the team's done. I think <laughs> the coaches realize that Dalvin Cook's not helping the offense at all. So might as well at least get the younger guy that offers some upside in there. So, no, quality bus thus far, my friend. So we're going to fi- finish this off of buys and get out of here. So my running back buys, I already mentioned Jaleel McLaughlin. Um, I do believe he's a buy. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Sean Payton loves this guy. Now Javante Williams picks up an injury. Anyone that listens to this podcast knows I am not a Samaj P. Ryan fan. And there's more opportunity ahead of Jaleel McLaughlin. He had 10 touches this past week and turned it into 104 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the kid's explosive. Their scheme and plays up for him. Um, and if you're going to increase his touches, he doesn't need to be that efficient. You know, he's in a bad offense. It's probably going to be behind a lot. So they're going to throw if he's the, the receiving downs back for them, which it appears that he is. Now, there's a tremendous amount of upside for this kid in redraft and honestly in dynasty. Yeah, now, I, to your point, Williams. he's already owned anywhere. You're going to have to trade for him. You're not, you know, you can't, you're not just going to go out there and add him unless you're in the shallowest of dynasty leagues. Yeah, I, I saw Williams is probably going to be out two or three weeks. So if you have a 
a starter, potential starter there for three weeks. Yeah, and then when Williams comes back, he's not going to get just turned loose again. I mean, it's probably sure. part of the problem was is they, you know, they were they they I don't say they rushed him back. He came back quickly. Um, you know, and this is just a compensation injury, you know. So he's probably going to be, you know, eased back in when he does come back two to three or four weeks from now. You know, and we're talking another month. We're already, you know, we're already a month through the season. You know, now you're telling me I could get this guy for another month who I do think has staying power in this offense. The other running back is Cam Akers. First game active with the Minnesota Vikings. Everyone knows I'm Cam Akers guy. Five carries for 40 yards. Another two targets called Bozum for 11 yards. I didn't think he was cooked. I didn't. I, I don't know what happened week one with the Rams and the fact that he averaged like one yard per carry, but I haven't really seen anything better out of Kyron Williams, honestly, you know, in, you know, in their rushing scheme. It's just he, Kyron Williams is still finding the end zone um, you know, on this volume. I think Cam Akers still has some left in the tank. He is a difference maker where Alexander Madison is not. And I think Alexander Madison is going to fall back into the Alexander Madison role with uh, the Minnesota Vikings before too long. Cam Akers will be the starter wide receivers already mentioned Trey Palmer. He has two touchdowns on nine targets on the season. And now Mike William, Mike Evans picked up an nine injury. targets, nine targets. Yeah. I feel like I've seen them all. <laughs> yeah. You probably have. There, have. there hasn't been a lot. Um, I, I, I now don't think Mike Evans gets traded. His team's too competitive. I, I thought for sure they were showcasing the trade, but now they're three and one um, in a winnable division. And I think they could win the NFC South. So I, I think it's there. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even have I, a doubt in my mind now. I agree. I mean, it's, it's them or new Orleans. I, I think and the, and and new Orleans, Orleans sucks. playing, playing Derek Carr injured is the most new Orleans thing they, they could possibly do. Like they were so hell bent on not letting James Winston get one start that they risked ending Derek Carr's season. Um, with a, with a bad shoulder, but Trey Palmer still someone to keep an eye on and definitely a dynasty. Yeah, the other one's Romeo Dubs. Um, I'm a fan, and he's pretty clearly their possession guy. He's had 25 targets the last two weeks, and I believe he's a top 20 PPR wide receiver. You know, given this offense, Christian Watson is a deep threat. Um, Jaden Reed, who we both like, is kind of a game changer. Luke Musgrave will develop as a wide receiver. They do have pass catchers out of the backfield, Aaron Jones. But just in looking at Jordan Love and what he does, I think there's just a lot of Romeo Dubs opportunity. And he's just going to find himself into 8 to 10 target volume most weeks. And that's just going to play in Dynasty. You're going to constantly see this dude with like seven catches for 80 yards, six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. He's just going to keep compiling those lines. At the end of the year, he's going to have – you know, what is he, you know, 90 catches, you know, for, for a thousand yards and six touchdowns <laughs> or something like that. Wouldn't surprise me um, with Romeo Dubs. He's not going away with Christian Watson back. Christian Watson plays a totally different role in this offense than Romeo Dubs. And then lastly, the tight end position. I don't have any quarterback buys. They're all talked about. There's only 32 of them. Tight ends, Jelani Woods. Um, I haven't read, I didn't dive into it, but he's likely to return from the IR soon. And just this last week, the Colts, tight ends popped Andrew Ogletree four targets, three catches, 48 yards and a touchdown. My boy, Mo Alley Cox, one catch for 35 yards and a touchdown in the same game. I Johnny Woods is just going to come in and soak up all that work when he comes back. And I think there's a huge opportunity um, to potentially buy low, maybe add a guy redraft. He's definitely sitting out. If there's not an IR spot in your league and with how bad tight end has been, go put him on your bench right now and hope for the best. And then the other is Jake Ferguson. Hasn't had that massive game yet. He did have a good game this last week. I think caught all seven of his targets for 77 yards. I think it was, but he's had seven targets in three or four games yet, but has not really exploded. 
I think he's a guy you could still probably get. And I really do like him. Dallas isn't going to eviscerate everyone defensively for the rest of the year. And I will have to throw the ball. You know, Dak will have to throw the ball 30 plus times, you know, you know, it's some capacity later on this year. And I think Ferguson is ultimately going to find his way into like a top eight tight end finish by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I mentioned just what a fucking ghost town shithole waivers are. So I don't really have any buys. I did have a couple sleepers for this week. I think this is a great week for low end sleeper quarterbacks. They just have great matchups. Zach Wilson has Denver. Sam Howell has the Bears. Daniel Jones has Miami, who, who hasn't been oh, great. God. Defensive. I mean, they're going to have to play catch up, right? They're going to get fucking murdered. So he's going to have to be involved. Tannehill playing the Colts, who are her bad secondary. It just for, for DFS, these guys are all going to be relatively cheap, especially. But I, I like all these bums this week over some of the. I, I, I would probably start them over Trevor Lawrence at Buffalo, although Buffalo did lose Tredavious White. So maybe I, I walked that back a little bit, but. I like a lot of these low-end quarterbacks this week. I think they have really good matchups. Uh, Kansas City, I think one of the wide receivers pop. You take your pick who it is, but they're at Minnesota, and their secondary has been highly suspect, and it is the Chiefs offense. I, I, I like it going through their wide receivers this week. I actually like <laughs> Alan Lazard. If you want to stack Zach Wilson, Alan Lazard this week, I, I think it's going to be very low-owned and rightfully so, but I think that's a good matchup. I mentioned the, the Colts usage earlier of their wide receivers. I like Josh, Josh Downs this week against Tennessee. And at tight end, we've been saying it week in, week out. But I think this is finally the week for Adam Troutman. Jets have been bad against opposing tight ends. I think Troutman has a decent game. And Hayden Hurst, every week, what tight ends play in the Detroit Lions? Find that guy and get him in your lineups. I like those guys as sleepers uh, this week. Uh, big Hayden Hurst fan. I, I just looked this up because I honestly didn't know it. Do you know where Jake Ferguson is as far as PPR tight ends on the season? Oh, I said eight. That's what I said when we were doing the. Uh, oh, because I just randomly threw out he's going to finish. As, I finished as he's. Okay, I must have missed that because I said he's going to finish as a top eight tight end. So I missed yeah, your eight goal. right now. He's eight, and I just looked. I go, well, no shit. <laughs> so, yeah. When you when you even... listen back, I gave a I gave a whole speech about how shocked uh, I was. <laughs> I, yeah, missed missed the eight. Yeah, twenty five targets uh, on the season. And one touchdown because no one is scoring touchdowns. There's only one tight end that has more than two touchdowns so far in the season. And, of course, it's Mark Andrews. Yeah, so everyone feel free to laugh at me for that with his two-touchdown week. This you said there's only week. one with more there's than one two that has touchdowns? Been, mm-hmm. That's Mark Andrews with three. Get out. TJ Hawkinson has two. Uh, Cole Komet has two. He called them both this past week. Hunter Henry has yeah. two. Travis Kelsey has two. Now, realize Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey also missed a game. Musgrave. So, no, no, my Musgrave apologies. Shane. Donald Donald Parham, my apologies, has three. I totally forgot. He's somehow down at tight end 15. He has three touchdowns on six catches. And so. totally getting out snapped by uh, Gerald Everett, by the way. Oh, yeah. Everett's I mean, listen, he's, tight he's end 25. Exclusive. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's exclusively being used in the red zone, and that's literally all it takes is a touchdown. He's fucking um, enormous. That's why. That guy looks- he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt there, too. So they were using Stone Smart at the end of the game, so. We might say a little pop for Gerald Everett going forward, but yeah, I missed that touchdown. Then we did have Fryer Moose, who also has two touchdowns on the season, who's also hurt. He's going to miss out. multiple. Yeah. Weeks. So the tight end position yeah. is getting worse and worse. Do you and think worse by the week? I, I'm glad you said that. So Pickett's banged up, probably missing a week or two, and then I think they have the bye next week. I think they have one game, then the bye. 
Pickett's probably out. <laughs> Freermuth is out. Trubisky's in there. Deontay Johnson's out. Do you think Pickens sees like 15 targets? I got to look back. I don't know what his history is with Trubisky in the game, but there's nobody else for the backup to throw to. Um, One, Pickens can't separate from his own shadow and he'll be triple covered. So unless, unless Trubisky feels like throwing it into heavy coverage. But that's what I'm oh, saying. Good. Like but he's the guy that would, through. right? We're, we're going to get a, we're going to get a shit ton of uh, Calvin Austin reverses and jet sweeps. And uh, Alan Robinson is going to happen. <laughs> that's who Trubisky will throw to every single play. It'll be so ugly, good. but they already said that uh, Kenny Pickett is going to practice this week, which I think is insane, but they apparently don't care. Let him rest before the bye. Yeah, I mean that's what they should oh, well. do. It's exactly what they did with Deshaun Watson, with the Browns. Packers should have done what fucking he even said done. he was. Yeah. Oh. Don't get me started. Yeah. Should have gave him another week, John. In hindsight. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Thanks should've for the three points, Lafleur. So excited! I was so excited to start him, and I just stare at those points in my starting lineup. Yes. And he was getting lit up every play. Jordan Love was trying to get Aaron Jones hurt. No two ways around it. He was throwing him medicine balls left, right, and center. That's why they didn't play him in the second half. They're like, Aaron, we're sorry. We, we, we apologize. We don't know what this have, fucking kid's yeah. doing. We should have let you sit another week. So stupid. All right. So now we, we close on that whimper, a disappointing Aaron Jones note. But better, better days are ahead. Yes. So that will do it for us. Enjoy week five coming up. Hopefully uh, you're on your way to 5-0, and oh, unless you're playing us, in which case... We wish nothing but the worst upon you. For myself, Jenna Barry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. It's showtime! Live. I have a league where... I am 0-4. I have the third most points scored. Uh, Week one, I lost by like two points because Dallas scored 40 as the Monday night defense. Uh, In week two, I lost by 13. Pittsburgh scored 26 as the Monday night defense. I think I lost by five yesterday. Seattle? Uh, against the Seattle defense that scored like 23. That's it? They had 11 sacks and a defensive touchdown. They better have scored more than 23. No, I, I, would, I don't know what they have. But the point is, uh, I've, I've lost. I have one of the best teams, according uh, to points scored. So the I've gone. Packers play at your Raiders mm-hmm. on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Go get the Packers. Packers defense. Well, then the guy I'm playing will pick up the Raiders and Jordan Love will fucking implode. That's what (laughs) I I love it. Wager. I put up 200 points yet again in that one flea flicker league and lost. I did. I don't remember what league I looked at. I don't know if it was flea flicker or one of the many on NFL. I know you took a bad one somewhere. (laughs) I remember looking going, oh, Walk's going to hate that one. Yeah. I, uh, I went against Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in one flea flicker league and Josh Allen and Chris McCaffrey in the other flea flicker league. I, was, I felt like that 
that Raiders fan getting beat up by the Chargers guy. Oh, I I heard about it, but I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it? I have heard there's an epic beating out there. Yes, I, I haven't. I just sent you all three videos to yourself. Oh, I, I text them. Can't. Now you gotta look. Watch the first one. Oh, watch him now. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I want. I want the instant reaction, John Dabari. <laughs> So, so the first one, chronological. Okay. Yes, the first one is the Howie Long guy getting beat up. That's the one that's going around Twitter. This is the one I knew about. Just wait for Charles Woodson at the end. Wait for. Oh, it. there's okay. Yeah, Read yeah Charles Woodson. It's not the end. It's not the ending you'll expect. Should Charles Woodson give him the old calm down? Listen, I don't trust Charles it, Woodson like, already. I know. I listen. I get enough fights to deal with up assholes. I can <laughs> tell Charles Woodson's a problem. I'm assuming I he agree. starts more trouble. No, no, he's he he diffuses the situation. But you are correct, Justin Herbert. No, we're done here. <laughs> Just, I'm not. I'm not trying to take out a second Hall of Famer. <laughs> I heard one? this. The... All right. So go to, uh, go to the second one. I just saw this for the first time searching for it. Oh, I, I could have drawn these girls without you even telling me. 100%. All right. Takes a little longer than you'd expect. For a second, I thought white T-shirt was going to do something he shouldn't do. I really did. Something she should do. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then it's like, okay, now there's no one in the way, right? We cleared the deck. Boom, 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 boom. Max Crosby. Just Odd, the other thing that is crazy, right? Like in the wood. The 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 chick in the sports bra mm -hmm. obviously knew. Oh no, is that a guy jumping in? Oh no, that's that's another chick. That's another girl. She says. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay, Harry Carey glasses on. I assumed it was an old man. That back of that dude's head looked like squinting eyes at the end. <laughs> Revisit that one. Now, now this yeah. last one, I caught at the end. And the guy in the gray. This will be good because it's cheap seats. Ready, guy in the gray. Do you see him right away? Takes himself out. Trying He's to get into the. Trying to get into it. The score. The scoreboard. <laughs> so, was so I, I paused it. <laughs> <laughs> can't even get involved I love fights that's better than the fight yeah, oh, that guy's, this guy coming in swinging oh, hey. this is such a clusterfuck it becomes incredible like this is the shittiest fight of the three but it's probably a bad video it is but the funniest of all was the guy falling trying to come oh, up the, step, all get of up it, the, the whole thing him starting like uh, that the guy coming in Swinging this chick throwing up gang signs now. I, love I can it. only imagine when he when he falls, he looks up in the sky and he's just like, ah, fuck. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's done? a guy who it's not the first time he's ever fallen no, over no. like that. No. He's like, he it knew happened what was again. <laughs> it happened again. Uh, yeah. So the worst of the three, but the individual the best, the best yeah. of the three, the yes. best one for sure, and all Raiders, right? All Raiders. 